what's up? It's Korean Kuili from San Pablo Burgos in Spain, and you're tuned in to the BBL show. This is Gareth Murray, player coach from the Glasgow Rocks. You're now tuned in to the BBL show. This is Andy Thompson. You're now tuned in to the BBL show. This is Anthony Rowe. And you're now tuned in to the BBL this Show. This is Mike Tuck from the Sheffield Sharks. You're now tuned in to the BBL Show. Yo, 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 what's going on? It's Kofi Josephs and you're listening to the BBL Show. This is Ashley Hamilton, a.k.a. AGP of the Plymouth Raiders. And you're now tuned in to the BBL Show. And now your hosts, Jay Marriott and Drew Lasker. Welcome to the show. Happy New Year to all of you out there. We are your hosts, Jay Marriott, Andrew Lasker. First episode of 2021. Resolutions are plenty will be made this week. Have you made any yourself, Mr. Lasker? Nothing in particular, man. It's 21, the year 21. I feel like there's a special connection. So for me, it's always just becoming the best version of me. Just keep getting better like fine wine, baby. Yeah, I mean, I feel like without talking about the obvious of the pandemic, you had a great 2020, a lot going on for you. So, uh, yeah, long may it continue. Um, You know, I've really been happy as a friend to watch your progression in 2020. And you're right. I didn't even think about it. 2021, 21. That's your number, baby. You know? What what Um, about you, man? First of all, first of all, that hoodie, man, that hoodie is sick, man. I love it. Beyond. I might have to bring it back. This was an old little brand I was playing around with, and, and then you have kids and stuff like that. But I think it, watch out, 2021, it is making a comeback. There are some competitions happening. So, uh, yeah, you will be the first in the swag bag, Mr. Lasker. Do not worry about that. For me as well, just a bit of fitness. So, we talk about resolutions. For me, I talk about realign. So, Last year, I got really into running. I did 50 miles, et cetera, et cetera. But I still love the gym, still love lifting. So I'm going to try a little bit of hybrid training. How I'm going to fit this in with kids, with work, with podcasts, I don't know. But I'm going to find a way because I turned 40 in in April, and I want to look damn good. I want to look Westwood Ab damn good, you know? We, we shall see. It's going to be a couple of months of a lot of hard work. I may look very, very tired when we record this, but I'm going to get it done. Anyway. You got, you got this, baby. We hit 2021 now with our own social media handles. So anyone who has followed us so far, much appreciated. Those who haven't, don't miss out. Go and find us on at the BBL show on both Twitter and IG. Another big move for the show fully supported by the BBO and Selena Conroy. We are so happy about how they're progressing us and challenging us. So thank you to those guys for their support. Let's have a super quick roundup of any of the league news. Signings galore. The Worcester Wolves have their cavalry with Anderson, Kimball, Lawson and Parks Jr. now on board. Plymouth Raiders signed Ricky McGill for a second time this season. Falling through preseason, it is now materialised and he is in the squad. Sheffield Sharks have brought in a guard forward, Jordan Rotino, to bolster their ranks. Unfortunately, Cheshire Phoenix have been hit by injury with Sol Rolls Titan out indefinitely with a long-term hand injury sustained in practice. Doesn't sound good, so we wish him a speedy recovery. Okay, 
to the rest of the show. We revisit those pre-season predictions with none other than Andrew Thompson. We will reshuffle our packs and choose those teams impressing us and those depressing us. We also find time for Tomo to judge our North versus South all-star picks. We catch up on scores and scorers from this week. Player of the week uh, choices. The Lasker look back. But first, before all of this, you know it, guys. It's the Marriott Minute. Okay, intrigued me. The BBL Cup semi-finals have been announced as a single-leg games happening in the bubble of the National Basketball Performance Centre in Manchester. Both games taking place on the 12th of Jan. The road to the finals just got a little more interesting. Also, kudos to the Leicester Riders with their fan wall, something that worked really well in the NBA bubble. Once again, the Riders have led the way using technology to bring something special to the table. Lots of other clubs pushing those boundaries, but Riders always seem to be at the forefront. Engage me. Okay, hats off to you, Mr. Lasker and Yvonne Harris, my family here at the show, having just completed a three-part series with the BBL legend, Fabulous Renoy. A brilliant piece of podcasting, incredible story. If you haven't listened to subscribe to the 21 podcast, you will not be disappointed. It kept me company on many a long run and somebody I've admired from afar, but to understand the kind of backstory where he's come from, the opportunities he's took, and, and also some of the inspiration he shares in those stories. Drew, you should be very, very proud. Amused me. Okay, we took some heat for missing out Ramon Fletcher from the MVP talk. We said we had a story. We released the clip. The Duke of Hoops switched mid-pod. Mid-pod, ladies and gentlemen. He was supposed to go with Flex, but instead he took the pivot and went with Lyle Hexham. All hate mail. Please redirect. Of course, I'm just kidding. Please love the dude. He is awesome. And lastly, Coach Atiba Lions talking to our man, everything Chris, talking about his decision to retire from playing with a quote I love. I didn't say it. My knees did. My knees held a meeting, a press conference, and said, you're not playing anymore. And as a retired player myself, amen, Coach Lyons, I am with you. And that rounds out the Marriott Minute. Okay, let's have the scores and the roundup this week. Plymouth Raiders winning at the Plymouth Pavilion over the Worcester Wolves, 72-58 with top scorer, our guy, Marty B, Martin Bountnet. Glasgow Rocks going down at home to the Cheshire Phoenix with top scorer Karon Ross with 24 points. Sheffield Sharks defended home court over the Plymouth Raiders, 83-78. Top scorer Anton Lillard with 20. Honourable mention, though, for Prince eBay with seven impressive blocks. And lastly, the top of the table clash, seeing the Leicester Riders lose at the death. To the London Lions, 73-74. Top scorer was Gino Crandell. In the losing effort was 23 points. Okay, now it's time to slow down a little bit. Let's get melancholy for the Lasker look. In this episode of the Lasker look back, I take you through the career 
of Andrew Thompson, who has 20 championships in his closet. He started his career in the States in Catawba College from 2003 to 2006. He then made his way over back home, playing for the local team, the Manchester Magic, who were then in Division One in 2006 season, where they were the National Cup winners. From there, he made his way over to Spain, where he played for Gijon in 2007 and Almeria in 2008, making the playoffs for both squads. And then he makes his return back to the England shores, where he suits up for the Tony G Everton Tigers in 2009, where they won the playoff championship. And then the following year, they made the rebrand to the Everton Tigers, where they won the treble, winning the trophy, the league, and the playoffs. And then after that season, he comes home to the Newcastle Eagles where they clean sweep. They win it all for our listeners out there. That means you win all four trophy cup league playoffs only been done four or five times in the history of the BBL, a huge accomplishment. So from there, he parlays, takes himself back to France where he suits up for La Rochelle in 2012 and 2013 season where they made the playoffs in both of those seasons. And then, you know, home is where the heart is. So he makes his way back to the Newcastle Eagles, where, again, another clean sweep to his back pocket, winning all four. And then the following season, winning the cup and then making his way to the rivals in 2016, over across the street to the Leicester Riders, where when and follows this guy, he wins the trouble, win the trophy league and playoffs. And he finishes his career in Leicester in 2019. And during those times, he wins the treble twice. And he finishes off his career there playing in Europe. And then also winning the playoffs, retiring in 1920 season. And just sprinkled in there, he's also invited to the 2018 Team England Commonwealth team. <sighs> and that is the 20 BBL trophy career of the legend. Andrew Thompson. You won't get a better introduction than that. Let's welcome this BBL legend, newly retired, second time visitor to the show, the big man himself, Andrew Thompson. Happy New Year, Mr. Thompson, and welcome Hello. back to the Thanks show. New Year's, guys. Good to see you. Good to, have, good to be back on the show. It's good to have you back. We know this is the week of resolutions. New year, new you, etc. Tomo, have you got anything making your list this year? Uh, well, seeing as I'm retired now, I kind of have to look after myself physically. So it's going to be that generic old, um, you know, running, working out and stuff like that. So I've started running. I'm doing the home workout instead of doing the gym stuff because it keeps getting locked down every other week. So um, I'm just getting out in the fresh air and uh, opening those lungs up again. I love it. So the wife's catching you with the Rocky playlist on and just, yeah, getting the gun show going, ready to yeah, get out. Be, the heavy bag will be in the back garden soon. Yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> Got to keep that plan weight on, man, just in case, you know, the Newcastle Eagles come knocking at your door. Well, that's true, yeah. You know, Max got my number. He knows where I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so we brought you back to review our pre-season predictions. Okay, so we've got a graphic that will go out this week. And if you guys want to see our full changes, you'll see it there. But I think it's safe to say that we are seeing three teams starting to separate themselves from the rest of the pack. Tomo, talk to yep. me about the Leicester Riders. 
Yeah, I think they've been excellent this year. Uh, there's no been there's not been a drop off from them, and obviously with early injuries, the two guys going out for the season, they've managed to kind of pick up two you know solid picks in Falzon and Frazier to kind of solidify that the depth of the squad that they've that you know Rob always strives for, and their style of play has been good as well. Really team basketball orientated, fast, and they've got plenty of weapons outside who can shoot the ball from deep, and they've got a, a guy who can orchestrate things in, in, in the point guard position. So, overall, very balanced. And I think they're going to do very well in the league. Yeah. Tonight as well, Gino Crandell just showed some incredible highlights at times, kind of keeping them in the game in some of the runs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, no doubt they'll be disappointed right at the end of the game, but they probably did enough to win that one. So, they're, yeah. you know, you'll just look at it being two sloppy plays right at the end of the game. Can't mm-hmm. really say much else to that. I think they played really, really well. Drew, London Lions. Yeah, we all know what the London Lions bring, and they were the early season favorites. My only concern early on was the team chemistry part. It wasn't about the talent. We know they all had talent, but we all know us three playing this game for a long time. That on paper means nothing. You got to actually go out there on the court and perform and put it together. And that was going to be the struggle. But as of late, I can say that that has gotten better for them. I see a little bit more camaraderie on the court. I see a little bit more togetherness. My only concern is, and Daniel Rutledge kind of mentioned it on the game tonight, is they're really living and dying by that three-point shot. So, you know, they're becoming a make-or-miss team, and there's going to be games where they're going to shoot cold. And I worry for, from that standpoint. I also worry that when they start this European journey on January 25th, Will they take their eyes off the prize a little bit in the league? Because as Tom has experienced two years ago was when Leicester was in, you know, playing in Europe, that it, the schedule is tough. And although they have the soldiers to do it, you know, it's still going to be tough to pull off because, you know, with Leicester and Newcastle and Plymouth, teams like that who are very good this year, it's going to be tough coming into those arenas when you're exhausted from traveling from Italy two days prior. So, but yeah, I still think that London is going to finish in the top three. Yeah, in, in your opinion, Tomo, are they tackling this European experience the right way? With like Drew just said, they've got the bodies, they've got mass rotation. That kind of mm-hmm. hurt them at the early part of the season. They couldn't figure out a rotation. It looks like that's settled now in the league. But what have they got coming to them with this European schedule? Just give us a little insight. It's the lack of practice isn't really the problem. It's it's the travel and then it's doing your homework on teams. And with their squad that they've got, uh, you know, it is deep, but you're going to have to juggle making guys happy. You know what I mean? Guys are going to be expecting to play in certain games and if they don't, and, you know, that can, you know, can throw off the chemistry a little bit. But I think London have done well with the scheduling, um, you know, getting in Leicester early now before the European games start. I think they've got Newcastle as well before the European games start. So, they can really focus on the league now, get two L's against, the, you know, two of their rivals, which is going to help them in the long run. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that, that travelling midweek, uh, you're out on a Monday, you're there Tuesday, game Wednesday, and then you're travelling back Thursday, possible game Friday. So you could be going from your, your city that you're playing in in Europe directly to the city that you're going to be playing in on Friday. We did that when we flew from Hungary straight to Newcastle. Uh, and we didn't get until uh, one o'clock in the morning on the Friday morning. So, you know, it, it's a tough schedule, but they've got a, a deep squad and I'm sure they'll be all right. But it's, it's just a mentality check and guys have to be on point all the time. 
Do you think that, you know, some of it as well they have to worry about is that complacency coming back to the league? That kind of creep into you guys a little bit or was it just purely the travel? Purely the travel, I think. Uh, complacency wasn't really there for us. We knew we were up against it. This team has a slight arrogance about them. Maybe that's confidence, I don't know, but I could feel like they could slip up a little bit just off the, off the back of that. But, you know, we had guys who had been in the league before, so there was no... There was no they, they kind of know what BBL is about and stuff like that and, and knew it was a whole new experience for us. So, you know, we, we knew that with us, we're having to go in Europe. We'll see where the chips fall. But we knew that we had to come back and we had to, you know, perform in the league and stuff like that and we couldn't kind of drop on that. So uh, our mindset was always always that, you know, we'd always want to st- uh, get a couple of games, win a couple of games in Europe. It wasn't meant to be for us, but um, I think London can do it. I think they could get out of their group, actually. Uh, but it's it's the, the the style change as well in the game as well. It, it's it's a lot different to to uh, the BBL. So, but you know they've got guys there who played European style basketball, and I think they'll be all right. Yeah, and I mean lastly as well, we just need to understand what's going to happen with with Mullins as well. How that's going to sort of play out? Does does that become a factor going in, or is is, is he just off the cards now? It would be nice to to know from that situation. I'm going to cover the Newcastle Eagles, so Drew's Newcastle Eagles. Um, and I, I think for me, I've said it many times on the pod, I just can't believe how well they have gelled. You know, they're doing some things that you expect to see after maybe spending a year together rather than a few months together. It seems like Fletch and Cortez Edwards just is just a perfect little compliment right there. Maxwell's playing really, really well. He's, he tends to be on fire in the first half. Gordon decides he's going to play in the second half. And then you've got these sort of complementary veteran players, including yourself, Drew, who have been there, seen it, and just understand how to sort of manage the emotions again. So it's been really, really interesting. I think if there's one thing, one concern for me out of these three teams is depth. And that would be my only sort of complaint with the Eagles. I just worry every game that I'm watching, if you see Defoe take a tumble or Maxwell take a tumble, you're just thinking to yourself, you're one player away from maybe being in a little bit of trouble. Um, but other than that, you know, the, just the style they're playing, they've gone back to the old school Phoenix Sun, Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, you know, they are playing six seconds or less. It's so entertaining. It's actually too entertaining at times because then when I try and switch in and watch other games, it makes life a little bit tough. But yeah, so far so good. And I expect them to be there all the way. You said it, Jay. It's nice that, you know, this is the team that Max recruited in. It's a style that he wants to play and implement. And he's got, he's got the key pieces around him, the senior leadership that, you know, he can kind of just let the reins off and, and they're going to run the show on the court and, and when they come off, you know, he's, he's there to kind of just nudge them in the right direction. But very balanced team, very exciting team. And they play team basketball and make the extra pass, which is a fresh breath there, you know, kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the run into the season. Yeah, Drew, just a quick question for you really is, the one thing I think is so, so tough is replacing a legend like Fab Flournoy. You know, I, I just think to myself, if it, I would not want to be that person stepping up and taking it. So that just goes to show the, the cojones that uh, Coach Max got. But how has he kind of taken that in his stride? You know, because there's still some elements of that culture. He, he kept Coach Forrester around. He kind of did a little bit of a handover before stepping away. How, how has he kind of handled that? Because he's definitely not the guy that, um, you know, 
the legend of Fab, where we used to hear him in the other changing rooms. You know, we we would have the fear of his team talk as well as going to his own team. So, how how has he kind of navigated that? Yeah, I, I, you know, who would want to follow Fab's footsteps? I know I wouldn't. So, nope. uh, you know, first of all, it takes someone who has a ton of confidence in themselves. And, you know, what what's unique about Mac is that he has his own identity as a coach and everything from philosophy into what he believes is is completely different from Fab. So um, I feel like this season he has a better grasp on that transition there's no handbook you can read on how to follow a legend. So I feel like last year there were a few little bumps in a row. We went on a little four-game losing streak last year, and that was the kind of tough times I remember. But this year, I feel like he has it nailed. And as you can see, it's reflecting us out there on the court. Yeah, no, for sure. And um, they seem to be the, the top three that are kind of running away with things at the moment. You know, things can change, like we're saying things like injuries, a little bit of bad form, Europe. But for the most part, I'm expecting to see those three, you know, challenging on all fronts. But let's have a look between yourselves. Who um, else has impressed you guys? So let's go to the others. Who else has impressed you? Let's start with you, Tomo. Other team that's impressed me is Worcester. You know, they've been without uh, a lot of their key guys who've just come in now that, you know, their imports. Uh, but it's given their, their squad a chance to gain experience where they might not have had a chance if those guys had came in earlier. So it, the record didn't show great at the moment, but their strength of schedule right at the beginning of the season was a nightmare. You know, they played three of the top four teams. So, you know, to be able to pick up a win from them against them uh, with a, a depleted squad, you know, was always going to be a tough ask. But you know, these new guys, these new pieces they've got coming in, it's going to complement the team very well. Mount Newby's got them, you know, running their offence and, and that's what kind of keeps them in the games. You know, they're, they're very disciplined on offence. Uh, they get the ball where it needs to go and then these guys who they're going to bring in, you know, are going to complement that even more and they're going to be a tough team come playoff time. I think they've lost too many games now to really challenge for the top position. You know, it's, it's four or five games max that you can afford to lose uh, if you're going to try and win a championship um, if you go off past experience. So, but they're going to be a nightmare when it comes to playoff time. So, uh, what's the Wolves? I had them, I had them low down, well, scraping in on the playoffs, but now I've got them mid-playoff contention. So, yeah, impressed with them. Yeah, I see. I see them making a big push. Like uh, we, I spoke to Drew before you kind of came in the room, and he said this, exactly the same as what you said. Probably, you know, too many games dropped now. But, um, you know, trophy, maybe looking at a good run there. And then in the playoffs, you, nobody's going to want to face them once their kind of guys understand, like you said, that disciplined offense. So it's certainly an impressive team. What about you, Drew? Who are you seeing? I got to go with the Manchester Giants. You know, I chose those guys to finish 10th at the beginning of the season. And I just, everything about them just feels good. That rebrand, I think, which was much needed to the logo, to the, facility to everything just feels fresh about it you know speaking with Jamie Edwards here on the show a couple episodes ago and then getting to meet him in person he just has some good vibes and the questions that he's asking are the right questions if you're trying to establish something a winning tradition or winning program and on the court I mean you know they 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 look good um my only concern with those guys is obviously depth they're one injury away from their season being derailed, but so are a lot of the teams in the league. And also the other thing that kind of concerns me is that backcourt. 
if you look at all the backcourts in the league, there's so many dynamic backcourt pairings. If you look at Cheshire with the two guards, you look at Fletch and Cortez, you look at Connor Washington and Gino, like the backcourt in the BBL this year is tough. And I don't really see that with Manchester Sam Cassell Jr. has yet to prove to me that he can give us a 30-point game if needed, which you're going to need some down down the road. You're going to need your point guards to be able to get buckets. But other than that, like, I assume they would finish 10th. So I see them moving to the middle of the pack or even higher, and they're in the semifinals for the Cup. So everything is a plus for the Manchester Giants, even if they were to lose every game for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean – I think that four through eight is just up for anybody to grab. We could kind of have some some getters in and around there. I think their front court is the real deal. You know, I really like Brady, really like Hexham, but I'm exactly the same as you. You know, Hudson is a, a pass first guard. He's he's not going to get enough points. So in that regard, you need a two guard who's really going to be able to fill it up. Maybe they're assuming that that is Whelan. You know, he kind of comes off as that sixth man and he's the guy that's putting up a lot of points for them. But I just think that as we get tighter into the season, playing those kind of bigger teams, I think you need more than that. You know, you need a big star and not just a sixth man that's going to kind of come off the bench. I know you had him pretty low as well, Tomo. Like, how, how do you feel about the Giants right now? Have you, are you converted? I mean, when I say low, mine was... <laughs> I, I had them at last, so I need to apologise and put them where they need to be. But <laughs> yeah, um, well, so did I. So I've, I've bumped them up one. So I've, I've gone from eleven. <laughs> one. To 10. Yeah. No, hey, I mean, that's like, progress, man. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Just, just very consistent, and they're just a, a better team out of a bad bunch. You know, they came out of that that you know poor group of Glasgow and Cheshire, and Cheshire were. You know, they were hamstrung with injuries and guys, are, you know, COVID and people in late. And, you know, so, you know, Cheshire were a no-show really in the cup competition. And, and then Glasgow were in a rebuilding situation. And Manchester just managed to get guys in place before everyone else. And, you know, they've come out and, you know, Surrey have been horrendous. And, you know, they got them in that, that next draw and they've, you know, this, they've been to a semi-final. And, you know, anything can happen in the semi-final. It's a one-off game. They're playing at home. You know, you, you're playing against... A possible league winner in London, um, so anything can happen. But yeah, there's too inconsistent, and you know I'm still yet to see what I, where I want them to be really. But you know it's what it is. Tough crowd. Tomo is a yeah. tough crowd. He's tough. But he's hard to please. As well, but you know just... <laughs> that's that's what happens when you have 20 trophies to your name, man. Your expectations are just to the roof. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He's, he, he, one place is, is, is impressive for him, whereas for us, we're a little bit disappointed. But hey, let's move on to who stock has dropped in your eyes. So who has royally let you down in those preseason predictions, Tomo? So I'm massively disappointed in myself for picking the Plymouth Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got carried away with the, with the hoopla, this, you know, this Euro money and, and all this. And they've just disappointed me. I just, I just don't see them being a championship, you know, challenging team. Um, they play down to the to the level of the team that they're playing, and and with you know Andrew Lawrence, I'm not sure what's going on with him. If he's back, if he's out injured. Um, operation, I, I believe, he just had operation. operation. Yeah. So, so, so doesn't sound good. More or less over. You know, hamstrings aren't a uh, quick quick uh, fix. You know, Drew Drew knows more about that. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know it's it's a, a big big ask for Ashley to kind of carry that for the whole season. You know I'm not saying he can't, but it's it's a big ask when 
all the other teams are absolutely stacked. And, you know, losing against a, a Glasgow team, nothing against uh, Gareth and the Rocks, but we all know they're in a, a rebuilding year. And if you're challenging for titles, you can't be losing those kind of games. And mm. obviously, they just got, you know, they lost against Sheffield again tonight. So, you know, teams around them are, are, seem to be improving and they seem to be slipping back. So, um, I'm sure they'll make the playoffs, which I think, you know, was their target, which is bizarre considering, you know, the money that was being well, talked about and, yeah. and the expectations. But, you know, they've not made the playoffs in how many years? So it's not it's not hard really when there's only you only got beat three three other teams to get into the playoffs. So um, totally yeah, just disappointed in Plymouth. Drew looks like he's ready to go in, so I'll let you go first before I take this. No, I just I just piggyback off of Tom. I totally agree with that. That the with, with the budget in place, you know those expectations. And I think I said this at the beginning of the season that it should be more than just making the playoffs. There's only 11 teams in the BBL, and um, it's not like Plymouth are newcomers to the league. They've been in the league since 2004. You know the goal should have been trophies, and they should have said it at the beginning. But during the preseason, it was really quiet down there. There was nothing. You know, nothing said. And, you know, so, you know, that's, I, I'll let you jump in on this because that's, that's your home team. Yeah, I mean, it's my, my hometown. I'm going to pick them all year on predictions, even though sometimes I'm a little bit nervous on those picks. I think for me, I think Tomo's right in terms of recently it looks like they're just taking a little bit of a slip. And I think the biggest thing for them is that they just don't look like they're able to score enough to be in those positions where, where we all thought that they would be. And that's really kind of interesting to me that they've got the finances there. They've gone and got their big piece, Hamilton, which I'm guessing, you know, is, is a mutual benefit thing for, for both him and the team. They both have high aspirations and trying to keep him for as long as they possibly can. But he's not going to accept just making the playoffs casually like he wants to win. He's a competitor. When you've seen him in the big games, he's trying to lift that team to another level. Sadly, I just don't think that they've got those pieces to do that. You know, so I think that if you look at their two Americans, and maybe this is a little bit harsh on McGill, he's not been in quite long enough to to really see what he's got. But I don't think they're going to be two Americans that go down in in, in the Raiders' history. They're not going to be guys you talk about for you know, in the next 10 years, you'll be looking up and saying, who? You know, whereas somebody like Mr. Lasker, you know, people still talk about him fondly here in Plymouth and, and, and feel like he's a legend. So you would think finances, you would be able to go out and find big-time players. Tom, we talked about it before we came on, on air, um, you know, find a big-time player coming towards the end of his career that just, just fancies a run at it, wants to get some trophies in the bag. I'm not too sure about those two picks. And then Prince eBay, I just struggled with him a little bit more. I think he should be giving more. I mean, he had seven blocks tonight, which was incredible to, to go alongside seven rebounds. But just the four points, you know, offensively doesn't look like he can really give you very much. And, and, and that's got to be a worry as well. So it's scoring for me that I'm worried about. Defensively, though, They've been really impressive, and it looks like Coach James is trying to make that a foundational piece of how they move forward. Mm. So we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know what's being said. This might be the building block, and then next year they will spend the money, and that's going to keep Hamilton happy. But it looks like they have slipped just a little bit. Okay, Drew, who has let you down? 
Look, the easy option would be Surrey, obviously, but I think all of our listeners and everyone out there already know what it is with Surrey. So I'm going to go move on to another team, and that's the Bristol Flyers. Just because at the beginning of the season when we all three were sitting in these seats, I felt like this was the year for those guys. They've been in the BBL five or six years, but they've always, to me in my eyes, been known as that Division I team that's moved up. And I kind of felt like, okay, with the new arena on the horizon, which looks beautiful, by the way, uh, with Andreas comfortable there as a head coach in this league, with some foundation pieces there, Josh Wilshire, I thought that they would turn a corner and become a perennial BBL team, top four, top five, pushing for something. But, you know, the start of the season has been kind of a disaster for those guys. It started off, you know, having to go 0-2 because they had the forfeit games for COVID. But credit to those guys. They bounced back, figured a way out that group. And then, you know, they lose two guys for the season, Liam Davis and Copeland. But you get Mockford and you get Teddy Okorifor in exchange. But I don't feel like those two guys fit. I feel like Okorifor, his style doesn't fit the BBL. We all know as a point guard, as a guard, you got to score in the BBL. And he's more of a traditional European point guard. And then you got Mockford. Moffert wants to come off down screen, staggers, and just let that thing fly. And with that flow motion offense that they run, he won't have many opportunities with that. So, um, you know, with their start, I'm just a little bit disappointed. But we'll see if Andreas makes some adjustments to that offense that's going to suit those guys a little bit more moving forward. Yeah. Is it, Tomo, do you think that this, um, this kind of GB experiment – do you think this is a is a plan for Andreas moving forward? There's obviously lots of really exciting things happening in Bristol. They're going to be mm-hmm. moving into a new arena soon. Is this a direction you think Andreas is going, trying to bring those GB guys in? Or do you think that it's just kind of covering over a, a multitude of sins at the minute? Yeah, I think I think it's that, uh, just covering over things. I don't think, I think it's just um, a stopgap for these GB guys. Um, you know, with the way the market is and COVID and stuff like that and leagues have been cancelled and stuff. They've just come available, and why not pick them up? You know, you, you're going to want that experience. They are very good. You know, they are decent players, so they're going to help any team. But the style that you know the BBL is and stuff like that, it might just not suit some some players. It doesn't make them a bad player um, because right. we've seen them, you know, excel in Europe uh, in in different leagues. So um, it's a style of play here that you know just is not conducive to some players. And but I'm sure Andreas will get it all sorted out. And it's still time. They'll definitely make the playoffs. You know, they're a good enough team. They have the mentality. They've got enough about them to, to kind of make that run. But um, it is a bit disappointing because I had them sixth and I've, I've got them dropped down to, whatever we are, just more seventh, just making the playoffs. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think I've, I've got them around the eight or nine spot. I've, I've dropped them down as well. And, and I think that would be disappointing from the Bristol standpoint. You know, they get everything right, I think, from a marketing and comms standpoint they're they're leading the way they're right up there with Leicester and Curry as well are trying to do some exciting things but um, I think from that GB perspective I think to get the best out of Mockford I think that Drew's right he's going to have to change that system slightly and it's whether you know he's very rigid as a coach in terms of what he believes in and credit to him it works but I just worry that those that too big front is is just becoming a a little bit too redundant in the BBL space issues for sure Yeah, it just it looks like that. You know, if they're not shooting well, the, the style of offense puts a lot of pressure on the team. Uh, they have to shoot a high percentage to, to kind of win the game. So if, if their shooting's off, it's, it's, it's going to be a rough day because they don't have that many possessions. So, you know, those possessions are key, really. 
Yeah. yeah. I'll just jump in there because a lot of teams run this similar style offenses. Bristol, we run it. Um, Sheffield runs it. And like Tomo said, that's a great point. Like if that offensive system comes down to shooting, but on the other hand, it comes down to if you have a point guard that could just break the offense and break defensive down, which we have a Fletcher, which, you know, we don't have to rely on that offense every possession. But if you don't have a point guard who can do that and you're not shooting well, you're going to struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at you guys as well, it's, it's just a very different beast, isn't it? Because you've got Maxwell able to pop, Gordon the same as well. You know, they, they seem to, what I was sort of talking about, the synergy earlier, they seem to dive just at the right time, especially Fletch and Maxwell look like they've got that understanding. Whereas I think with Bristol, that, that forward line is a bit more big, rugged, slightly less skilled. Um, I think it makes it They're a little bit more robotic, you know what I mean? That yeah, yeah. They, right. they just go through the motion and to the T, which is great, which is you want that on the offensive end, but... When it comes to the defensive side, you know, when you're playing defense against that, it's great because it's like, I know this guy's going to run here. It's and easy I know to how scout. To do it. It's so yeah. easy to scout and they, they never break it. Whereas, you know, in the past when we play, yeah, we have a structure that we're going to play to, but we have license to break it any time. But, you, you know, if you are going to break it, you better, you know, it better be for the positive. So, that, you know, they are very strict on it and, you know, it, it can be easy to scout at times. Yeah, making those reads. Um, for me, I think uh, I'm just going to take the obvious. I'm going to take a stab at Surrey. Um, you know, I think it's just disappointing. I especially believed that with the EBL experience that they were bringing in with that particular team, they would figure it out. And sadly, I think it just comes down to the fact that there isn't anybody really willing to take that 1% step back from their actual game in order to, to let the team flourish. And that's what it looks like. It looks like a team of guys that, you know, still want to be the man, you know, and they, they haven't quite figured those things out. Bringing Hicks in is really exciting. He's obviously a, was a great servant for them and gone on to play well in Germany. But again, I think he compounds the problem as well because he's going to need to get X amount of shots in there. And it, it looks at the moment, sadly, that Lavelle Cook looked a, a little bit out of sorts. I've been watching him with his body language and the way he plays. And I mean, that guy can flat out score but he just looks, every single shot looks like there's a burden weighing on him and that's not good. And as Drew continuously says, you know, their best player shouldn't be their best player, which is Evan Walsh right now. They can't do anything with him being their best option. So I think Coach Creon has got a lot of headaches. I think that he's going to stick by these guys. That's what synonymously he does. I don't see him making big wholesale changes, but think it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets that much better I think we're overlooking like you know we are talking all offense here they don't have a defensive backbone at all no. and that's going to cost you ultimately like yeah you can you know you can pop all the numbers in the world but when it comes down the stretch if you can't stop another team from scoring and and they can stop you then yeah. you're not going to win the game so you know those guys yeah it's all about you know sharing the ball and everyone wants the ball in their hands but if you can't stop a team then you ain't going to win any game it's, it, it, to me, I, I feel like it's in there. I've, I've seen it at very fleeting moments. There's been times where they've just gone up a level defensively and almost look like they could be like a poor man's London Lions in terms of pressure and length and athleticism, but they just can't sustain it for any more than a couple of minutes and, and, and put a little run together. And we know it's a game of runs, you know, instead of a run. You know, you can't just make a nice little run in a game and hope to sort of survive. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I, I really hope they get it turned around just for, you know, for, I, I have a lot of time for Creon and Teo has been there a long time. So, you know, we want to see you guys get it right, sir. Come on, guys. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't think we're trying to dig them out right now, but it's just disappointing from where we had them in those preseason. So, as I said before, look out for the graphic that will show all our changes. Um, you know, have your say. Don't forget uh, to at us at the BBO show. Tomo, before we let you go, we can't forget that Peter Simmons has set us a task. So should there be a North versus South All-Star game covered by Sky Sports, of course, which happens, I want maximum kudos. Who wins out of these two starting fives? So I will let Mr. Lasko go first. He has the North All-Stars that is packed with a whole host of clubs. He wouldn't give me anyone and just kept me as south as I possibly could be. But that's not me well, sort of, you know. You, uh, where is the south? Because we get this, where, well, where does the north start? Because according to London, it's Watford above. So <laughs> if, if that's the case, you've got to pick up maybe three teams, four teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much stuck beyond that line. I did try and sort of, you know, reach out, but uh, Drew just snapped my, hey, slapped Jay, my hand. Jay, have you, have you ever heard of this team called the London Lions? <laughs> you know, they play in the South and they got about 18 of them over there. So, yeah, have your pick, mate. But to answer your question, Tomo, and for our listeners out there, we divided the North at Leicester. So that was our yeah. line, Leicester on up. And for me, when I think of all-star game, I'm not necessarily just thinking of the best five players in the North. I'm thinking you got to have a little bit of flash because if I go to an all-star game, I want to see dunks, not layups. I want to see fancy passes. And uh, I want to see, you know, shot making. So for my team, if you just want me to list my five, I'll just go ahead and list my five. Yeah, so, list your five. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I got Fletch, obviously, paired up with Crandell. So, you know, you're going to see some fancy passing and fancy ball handling in the backcourt. And I slipped uh, Jeremy Hemsley in there from Sheffield because uh, I've liked what I've seen so far. And, you know, he has a little athleticism to him. So I'm going with the three-guard lineup. And then I got Justin Gordon at the fourth spot, because we all know on the break, like he's going to give you something. And then I finished it off, even though this guy plays the four at Leicester, I got William Lee in at the five because, you know, he's a highlight guy. You know, I, I was part of his highlight reel at the beginning of the season with the block. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he'll catch you on some dunks as well. So I got winners and I got flash. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he had that crazy dunk tonight. I think he like took off outside of the paint, two-handed jam. Him and Crandell were the reason why I was trying to fight you over the uh, over the riders because I just love Crandell. And in an all-star game, wow, you know, you'd, you'd expect him to be bringing some special things. Um, anyway, I'm picking your guys up and I should be trying to win this thing. Okay, South. So my South All-Stars, I have gone at the point guard. I've gone with Marty B, Martin Bountneck, Buster uh, Wolves. Um, he's having a breakout year right now, but also I love his flash and panache down in Plymouth not too long ago, the little behind the back from the three-point line um, for a little dunk with Jordan Williams. I, I just really enjoy the way he plays. He's, he's European in everything that he does, but he does have that little bit of flash. Um, at the two, I've gone with Dirk Williams, um, just playing unbelievably well at the moment. The last three or four games, he's really sort of into life, arguably won the game tonight against the Leicester Riders, shooting the ball really, really well. But when you're talking about an all-star game, I haven't brought him in there just to shoot threes. 
I want him playing above the rim and showing us some of those highlights we saw from last year at the Sharks. Moving up into the three, I've put DeAndre Liggins. Just can pull the strings from all over the place. Likes to make the right play, which might not necessarily fit for the All-Star game, but I see a big game like this, he probably wants to try and take it over. Talking about taking over, I've then at the four spot put Ashley Hamilton in that position. I can imagine him wanting to represent Team GB uh, and wanting to keep that MVP vote in the All-Star game staying here in the UK. And then at the five spot, I put Jordan Williams. Yes, he's, he's been unbelievably as, a, as, as the anchor for the Wolves this season, but also we know that if you give him a little bit of space as well, he's still showing you some really good athletic finishes. So that is the North. Versus the South, Tomo. In your opinion, who's taking this one? Uh, my opinion, I've got to go with the North. They've got some high-flying guys on there and they've got some guards who can pass the ball. So, um, yeah, you know, your two-guard uh, front in um, Gino and uh, Fletch, absolutely nightmare to cover, can pass. And then you've got, you know, you've got some guys who can finish above the rim. So I'm going with the North on that one. I think whatever happens, I think that this definitely needs to be covered by Sky Sports. You heard it here first. Okay, that wraps up our time with Mr. Andrew Thompson. Great to get you back on again, my friend. Good luck with your resolution, the fitness. Thank you. Yeah. Um, let's get you back on the, t- the pod towards the end of the season. But until then, take care and stay safe. Take care. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. See you, bud. Okay, we're going to have him on again, Drew. So at this point, we may as well call him a correspondent rather than a guest. You know, wise words from Tomo once again. Good to get a refresher under our belts, you know, because it was preseason. We didn't see any of the games. So really all that's left is Player of the Week. So Player of the Week, we've got three outstanding candidates. We've got Karan Ross from Cheshire Phoenix, 24 points, six rebounds, eight assists, four steals, 36 Index, he did it all tonight. DeAndre Liggins, he came through with 14 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals for a 26 index. So close to that triple-double. And then we had Jimbo Lull, 20 points, 12 rebounds for the big fella with a 25 index. Remember, get your Mm. votes in on Twitter. Remember, we have our own handle, guys. So make sure you go to at the BBL show. That's the end of our first episode of 2021. Once again, happy new year. I wish you all the best. We will keep coming at you bigger, stronger, faster. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and IG at the BBL show. Until then, Drew, lead us out. 2021 guys we got to go big or we got to go home let's work hard to become the best versions of ourselves and jay and i we're gonna keep coming bringing that heat to you look out next week as we bring on cj gettys in the house and till then make sure you guys go follow all those accounts tell a friend to tell a friend subscribe rate and review those podcasts go on youtube leave a comment just keep engaging on those social channels and we'll see you guys next week signing off the show the show thanks for listening to the bbl show the bbl show is a 21 media original podcast 
produced by Corey Mallory with your host, Jay Marriott and Drew Lasker. Keep up to date with the show by following the BBO on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where you can find details on future episodes, events, and fan interaction. Until next time. <laughs>